Welcome to the sermon podcast of Damascus Road Church. For more information about Damascus Road Church, go to damascusroadonline.com. So I want to start this morning with a little bit of a story. Back in August, it was my dad's birthday, and he loves barbecue. And he loves a, specifically a chain barbecue restaurant that we have here in Madison. And so we we're going to go out to celebrate, and he wanted to go to this chain barbecue place. He'd been there a number of times. He knew that he liked it. He already knew what he wanted to order. But the reality was is that I knew that if my dad really wanted good barbecue, there was a local place on Monroe ran by some Texans that would just blow him away. And so I began advocating to my dad to go to this local place over the chain. I was like, come on, you, you need to go to this local place. It, has the, it is literally the best barbecue that I have ever had, and I love barbecue. And I know that if you want good barbecue and I want you to have good barbecue, we should go to this local place instead. And he kind of hummed and hawed about it. You could tell it was, it was a really difficult moment for him to trust me. <laughs> because he already had it in his mind. He knew that he liked this chain place. He already had in his mind what he was going to order. Like he could see it in front of him. And it was really hard for him to, to kind of give all of that up to go to, this chain pla- to go to this local place that he had never been to. And I was like, just, just trust me on this one. You, you won't regret it. And so eventually he gave in. And we went to the local place. He's like, that was the best barbecue that I ever had. He's like, I'm so glad that I listened to you. I'm so glad that we got to experience that. And I tell you this story because in many ways, you and I have done something like this. At some point in our lives, we have advocated for something, for someone else, for their greatest benefit and joy. My dad wanted good barbecue. I wanted my dad to have good barbecue. I wanted to have good barbecue too. But I wanted him to have good barbecue more. And what he thought was good barbecue wasn't good barbecue. But he, that's what he knew. And that's what he thought was good barbecue. Because when you come from a town like mine, which is an incredibly small town, where the closest big city is 45 minutes away, being able to go to the big chain restaurant is a big deal. And so when we go to the chain restaurant, like, that's the big deal. Like, that's, that's the thing you do on the birthday, is you go to the chain restaurant. And so it was a big deal for me to be able to come beside my dad and show him otherwise, because the chain restaurant was all that he knew. And the reality is that many of us, you and I, if we were left to our own devices, we are, we are very much like my dad. We will live this life on our own, on our own strength, and on our own power, thinking that we are living at least a halfway decent life. And we'll live that halfway decent life not knowing that there was any other better way to live that life. Our life would ultimately kind of start looking like a chain food restaurant. It would start looking safe. It would start looking predictable. It would start looking profitable. I mean, that's what a chain food restaurant is, right? You go in, any chain food restaurant in America, you know you can get a burger, and it's probably going to be okay. Like, it doesn't matter what genre of food they're serving, they will be serving a burger, and you'll be okay. And so it's safe, it's predictable, and it's profitable because they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And this is what our lives can look like, and we could end up 
living our lives for these ends and begin worshiping these things towards these ends and never know that there is a more that there is a better way and a more fulfilling way to live our lives. And so what we need is someone to advocate for us for this better way. We need an advocate. We need someone to come in and tell us that there is a better way. We need someone to come in and tell us where we're settling. We need someone to come in and quiet all of the crazy voices that run through our head each day, that confuse us, that turn us upside down, that we don't know if up is down or down is up. We don't know what's true, what's false. Are you with me? Do you guys have these voices in your head? Am I just crazy? Am I the only crazy one with millions of voices running through my head trying to tell me what is true, what is false, what's the best way? We need someone to advocate to us what is the best way, especially to point out the voices in our head that are lying to us. And I would just go on a limb and say that of those millions of voices running through our head, probably 99% of them are lying to us and trying to deceive us and trying to get us to go to the chain food restaurant. And so what we need is we need someone to show us a better way, even when we don't know a better way exists. My dad didn't know of this local place. That's all he knew was this chain food place. He didn't know, and he needed somebody to come and advocate to him this new and better way. And the good news is, is that those who are in Christ Jesus, we have been given this helper. We've been given this advocate, and he's already living inside of us, and he is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, one of his main jobs is to advocate to us the truth of this life and the truth of God's kingdom to our hearts. Now, sometimes when we think of the Holy Spirit's advocate, we think of that he is going to be standing at the throne room, I mean, at the, <laughs> at the judge room, defending us. That person is Jesus. First John says that Jesus is our advocate, the righteous. The Holy Spirit is advocate in a different way. The Holy Spirit is actually advocating the truth of the kingdom of God to our hearts. Constantly reminding us who we are and whose we are. And the truth that God has made us because of Christ Jesus. And so he, that is the job of the advocate of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is living inside of you and me. And his voice is constantly speaking to us amongst all those other millions of other voices. Speaking the truth and speaking love and speaking peace. The difficult thing is that we have a hard time hearing that voice. And so what we have in the Holy Spirit is not just God in us. We've talked about that in the last couple of weeks, that the Holy Spirit resides in us. And we have the creator of the universe, his spirit, living inside of us. And that is amazing. That should bring us awe, and it should lead us to worship. But not only is he living in us, but he is also for us. He is advocating for us, for our greatest benefit and for our greatest joy. So I want to go to John chapter 16. In John chapter 16, Jesus is telling the disciples what it's going to be like when this Holy Spirit comes. And so this is how Jesus describes what the Holy Spirit will be like when he comes. John chapter 16, verse 13, he says, But when he, the spirit of truth, not the spirit of lies, but the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. And he will glorify me, 
Jesus is talking about himself. He will glorify me, Jesus, because it is from me that <laughs> he will receive what he will make known to you. And so the Holy Spirit, when he's talking to you, when he's giving you the truth, it is from Jesus Christ himself. He's advocating to you who you are because of who Christ has made you, because of who Christ has made you through his life, his death, and resurrection. Jesus, again, in John chapter 15, tells his disciples also, because his disciples need it a couple times in a couple different ways, right? His disciples just don't get it the first time. And so Jesus has to tell his disciples a couple different ways what it's like when the Spirit's going to come and what they can expect. And so Jesus, in a different way, tells his disciples this. And I think we're like his disciples. We need it in a couple different ways. And so the Holy Spirit speaks truth, and he speaks only truth to us. He's never going to lie. But then in, first, in John chapter 15, we get this. It says, but when the Helper comes. Now this word Helper, depending on your translation, will translate this word Helper either as Helper, Advocate, or Friend. And I want you to think about that, how that broadens the role of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is this helper. He comes to help us in ways that are, we are weak. But he's also come to be this advocate to remind us of who we are and whose we are. And he's also this friend. And I don't know about you, but how much of a blessing is it to have that friend who's willing to call you out on your crap? How awesome is that to have a friend who loves you to the point to where he's going to, he or she is going to advocate for you, where you can't see it. This is who the Holy Spirit is. This is how he's helper, advocate, and friend. And so this is what he says in John. It says, but when the helper, advocate, friend comes, whom I'll send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. He will bear witness about me. And so what the Spirit is doing is he is constantly reminding us who we are and whose we are because of Jesus. Because of Jesus' life on this earth, we have been changed. We have been redeemed. We have become a new creation. Our status with the Father has changed because of who Christ is. And the Spirit is constantly reminding us of that truth and of that reality. Because we have thousands of voice, voices in our life trying to tell us otherwise. At the end of the day, our minds should not be filled with thousands of voices. You know what I find? The, the more voices that I have in my head, the less peace that I have in my spirit and in my life. The less confident I am, the less sure that I am. The more I will probably most likely fall into some form of sin. But when I'm able to quiet all of those other voices, and I'm able to listen to the one true voice that is coming from the Holy Spirit that's advocating to me who I am, and whose I am, I'm able to experience peace. I'm able to experience awe. I'm, experienced, I'm able to experience rest. And these are the things that the Holy Spirit has come to bring. Rest, awe, and healing. And so there should not be a million voices running through your head. We should be listening and trying to weed out all of those other voices to hear the one voice, and that is the voice that is true. Now he continues in John 15, and he says, You will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I put this in here because I think it's important. Jesus is talking to the disciples. And he's telling the disciples, You've been with me on this life from 
the beginning, from the beginning of my ministry, and you will go and bear witness with me. But I think that this word is also for us. Because when the Holy Spirit comes into us and transforms our life, and the Holy Spirit testifies to us who Jesus is, and our life is transformed because of that, our life in very nature does what? It testifies also to the goodness of who Jesus is. It testifies to the life, death, and resurrection of who Jesus is. And so in many ways, when the Holy Spirit comes and transforms our life, and we begin to hear strictly from only his voice, the voice of truth about who we are, because of who Christ has made us, and we begin to live that way, we get to become co-laborers with Christ. We get to be ambassadors for Christ. Our life is a testimony that speaks to others about the goodness of who God is, that in this life there is a better way. You don't have to continue to eat at the chain restaurant. You can go have food as it is always meant to be. I know it sounds cliche, but this is the hope of the Holy Spirit in our lives, is that you could live the life as God has always intended it to be. There is a better way, and he is constantly leading us into the truth that is in himself, in Christ. And so the question is, what is that truth? Well, there are two truths, both from Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but a lot of those voices in my head speak condemnation to me. They're telling me how bad I am. They're telling me how I fail. They're telling me how I missed the mark. And here the spirit of truth is constantly reminding us, no, you, you are set free. There is no condemnation for you. So knock that off. Knock that off. Turn those voices off. And then in Romans 8, 14 through 17, he says this. He says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children, we are then heirs of God and fellow co-heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we might also be glorified with him. And so these are the things the Spirit is constantly advocating for in our life. He's saying that we are no longer enemies of God, that we are no longer contemned, that the righteousness of Jesus and his life is enough to cover us to free us from condemnation. And so that's the first truth, is that you have been set free. And maybe you've never accepted that this morning, and this morning the Spirit is calling out to you, receive this gift, that you might be set free. Trust that Jesus on the cross is enough. Trust that Jesus on the cross is enough. And let your spirit rest in that. The second truth that the Spirit is advocating is that we are sons and daughters adopted by the God who created the heavens and the earth. We are adopted sons and daughters. That should weigh heavy. That should be monumental in our lives because the Spirit is constantly advocating these truths to us. Don't we need that? 
I know I need it every day to be reminded that I'm an adopted son and daughter and how that changes the reality for me in my life. Because when we are adopted, it changes the very core of our identity, doesn't it? It should change the very core of our identity when we acknowledge this truth that we are adopted. Because who were you before you were adopted? You were an orphan. You were abandoned. And you were rejected. That's our identity before adoption. So you're orphaned, you're abandoned, you're rejected. And many of us, (coughs) many of us, if we're honest, we live this way. This is how we live out probably 90% of our lives is from this place of orphan. We walk around thinking that we are abandoned, that we are rejected. We walk around in fear wondering who's going to leave us next. We walk around in fear wondering how someone's going to tell us that we're worthless next. Are you with me? And in some twisted way, you almost walk around in life just waiting, just waiting for somebody to, like, prove you right. You know, you're just waiting for somebody to leave you next that we could be like, yep, I know I was deserving of being left. You're almost waiting for somebody to tell you how you're failing at your job to be like, yep, I already knew that. I knew it was a failure. Thank you for affirming that. I appreciate that. And sometimes to the way we get off on that. We're like, yes. The reality is that in some ways we even project these images of orphan, of abandonment, of rejection onto our God. We think that God has abandoned us, that God has left us, that God has rejected us. We cry out prayers that say, God, why have you abandoned me? God, why have you rejected me? And I want you to know that if these are your prayers, you're in some really good company because some of the greatest men and women of the Bible have prayed these prayers at their lowest points. And the good news is that we've had a father who's come beside them in their lowest points that has rebuked and corrected those voices. And he has filled that void and that false lie that we believe that God has rejected us and abandoned us with the truth. And it's the truth that he is constantly pursuing you, constantly wanting to be in relationship with you, and through Christ Jesus is adopting you. And so if you believe this lie that God has abandoned you, that God has left you, know that that lie comes from the straight pit of hell. And you need to throw that out. You need to throw that back to where where it has come from. You need to begin to embrace the spirit of adoption that the Holy Spirit is continually advocating to your hearts. And so just know, know if you're in that place where you feel like God has rejected you or God has abandoned you, I encourage you to not stay there. I want you to say, it's okay. The forefathers of our faith have been there. I've been there. We've been there. We've been there together, okay? That's why we do this thing in community. But we can't say it's okay for you to stay. We've got to move forward, and we're here to advocate and move you towards the better way, towards the way of truth that says that you are adopted sons and daughters. And so what does it mean then to be adopted? Well, to be adopted, it also changes the very core of our identity because to be adopted means that you are wanted. No parent goes to adopt a child and just say, well, maybe that one. No, you get profiles, you read them. Some, some parents say, just give me the first child available. They, they want that child so bad, 
they just like, I want it. I want you. And whoever comes to like, I am so glad it was you. I'm so glad it was you, bud. I'm so glad it was you, daughter. And so you're wanted. Second thing is that you're chosen. You are actively pursued and chosen to be a part of this new life. And so our identity changes from one of rejection and abandon to one that is wanted and chosen and one that is loved. One that is loved unconditionally. One that is brought into the family as just as a natural born son or daughter. Romans says that we are co-heirs with Christ. God is putting us at the same level as his son, his beloved son that he gave up for us. That's where we stand, and that's where we need the Spirit of God to speak to us in our hearts. But sometimes, even this, even this truth, it seems so crazy and so absurd that we're loved this much, that we're chosen this much, that we're cared for by this much by our Father, that we kind of downplay our adoptive spirit in our hearts. We, we downplay this. And we, we allow the spirit of the evil one to, to kind of creep into our hearts and tell us, you know what, but, but God loves everybody. It's a big deal if he loves you. And God chooses everybody. So big deal if he's chosen you. And I thank God for the spirit-filled C.S. Lewis who comes to us and says that just because God loves the person sitting next to you, it does not diminish in any way that he loves you, and that he loves you, and he loves you. It does not diminish it at all. So we cannot allow the deceiver to steal away that joy to steal away that truth that he is in love with you, that he has chosen you. Who cares about anyone else? This is about the relationship between you and the Father and knowing who you are and whose you are and who you belong to. And so embrace that. Embrace that God has chosen you, that God has called you son, that God has called you daughter. And he's called you to live a better way with him. Now, what I find most interesting about this whole kind of section of verses in Romans, this Romans 18 through 17, is verse chapter 16. Verse chapter 6, I mean, verse 16 has never stood out to me before until I was reading this passage in light of being adopted sons and daughters, which is crazy because this whole thing is about being adopted sons and daughters and how the Holy Spirit advocates for us. But verse 16 is It's just incredibly amazing. And this is what it says. It says, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And so the Holy Spirit is advocating to us. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. But then it's also waiting for a response from our spirit. And so my question to you this morning is, what is your spirit calling back? to the Holy Spirit that is advocating to you that you are a son, that you are a daughter? Is your spirit in agreement with that? Does your spirit say, reply and say, yes, I am a son. Yes, I am a daughter. Yes, I am no longer condemned and deserving of punishment. Yes, I am loved. Is that the way your spirit is responding to him this morning? Are you in agreement with him? Because the Bible says that we need to be in agreement with the Spirit if we're going to live 
this better way, if we were going to live the way that Christ has always intended. And so I ask you this morning, how does your spirit bear witness? Does it bear witness to the fact that you believe that you are an adopted son or daughter of the Most High God? Or does it testify something different? Does it testify maybe the opposite? Maybe you testify more with the spirit of slavery and fear. And I know that depending on the day, I can be on either side of that fence. And probably more days than not, as a confession, I'm probably on the side of slavery and fear still. I'm still learning to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit that is advocating the spirit of truth to me. So my question is, is what lies are you, are you living? What lies are you believing? What lies are preventing you from testifying with the spirit that you are an adopted son and daughter? Is anxiety standing in the way? Are you just an anxious person who doesn't trust God's goodness? Is that staying in the way from you saying, I am a confident son and daughter of the King Most High? Because whether you feel it or not, know that you are. Know that your identity is not based on how you woke up feeling this morning. But I will say that we do have an active participation, an active choice in what our spirit will testify back to the spirit when we wake up in the morning. I think that sometimes there are things that get in the way of us testifying with confidence that we are God's son and God's daughter. And we need the spirit to advocate louder to us. And I think some of the ways that get in the way is, is our anxiety, is our worry, is our fear. I think some of us walk around with this constant fear of rejection. Like I said, you're just kind of waiting for somebody to tell you how you failed. Sometimes you just like preempt that. In your own spirit, you're like, yep, I know I'm a failure. It's all right. It's good. You know, you just have that attitude that kind of carries with you into everything that you do. You have these voices that tell you that you're unloved, that you're worthless. And so when you hear these voices, when you hear these voices swirling in your head, you know what you need to do? You need to grab hold of them. And you need to ask this one question. And that question is, is who is telling me this? When you're feeling unloved, when you're feeling worthless, when you feel like you're failing at everything, you've got to ask the question, who is telling me this? Am I telling you this? Is Satan, the deceiver, telling me this? Is another person telling me this? Is God telling me this? And I would say that God is never communicating those voices that lead us to fear, that lead us to rejection, that are essentially of the spirit of the orphan. And he is constantly communicating to us the voices that is the spirit of adoption, the spirit of love, the spirit of acceptance, the spirit of chosenness, so we have to ask these questions. Where is it coming from? And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians verse 10, this is an incredibly powerful verse. 2 Corinthians verse 10. I don't know what chapter it's from. 8. 
Did I, did I get you the right verse? No. no? Okay. Okay, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 10. That's where it's from. Somewhere in chapter 10. I forgot to write down the verse. Incredibly powerful verse, though. It says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. I'm going to read that one more time to us, and I'll break it down. It says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So what that verse is saying is that when you have these voices talking to you, you need to grab it. You need to ask, who is talking to me right now? Where is this voice coming from? And you need to say, does this align with the knowledge and truth of God? And if the answer is no, we then need to submit that thought to God and say, get that away from me and replace it with the thought that is true from our God, that is being advocated to us through the Holy Spirit. That's what we need to do. That's what that verse is saying. And the verse is saying is that we get to destroy those arguments. And so when those voices come up, we need to get, grab them, take them to the Father, ask them, is this of you? And let the Holy Spirit say, no, no way is that from me. And let him destroy it for us. And let the Holy Spirit testify to us the better way. And so this morning I ask you, would you ask the Holy Spirit to begin to name these voices in your head? Would you just ask the Holy Spirit this morning, God, what is, where is this voice coming from? Is this voice true? Is this voice from you? Would you begin to ask the Holy Spirit, name these voices in my head and begin to destroy the voices that are false in my life? So begin to ask him to do that. Begin to ask him to advocate more for you, for your benefit, and for your joy. Ask him to take these voices that paralyze us from action, these voices that paralyze us in fear, and for him to destroy them. The Spirit of God has come to advocate to us all truth. And the truth is that we have been set free we have been set free from all of those false voices. And the advocate is this voice of love and peace and truth from the Father. The other day I was online and I was uh, watching this video clip. It popped up on my Facebook. It was an amazing video. It was, it was super funny, actually. There's these two kids at a car show. There's a rap battle going on. And this one kid... I mean, we're talking like 10-year-old kids. This one kid, he's just, he's laying on to this other kid how, how his dad's poor, how he can't buy him the latest video games, how he's, how he's, you know, just really talking down to him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the other kid then gets the mic to reply to all the ways that this other kid put him down, spoke all these voices over him, criticizing him, criticizing his father. And I remind you, this is a car show. And what this kid does, he says one sentence. He says, my dad drives a GTR. And he drops the mic. He drops the mic. His dad drives a GTR. For those who don't know what a GTR is, it is one of the most <laughs> prized, luxury, fast sports cars, starting around sticker price of like $70,000. You can upgrade it all the way up to like over $100,000. It's an incredible vehicle. They're imports. And so for, you know, the kid could have sat there and he could have listened to all the lies that this kid spoke over him. How his dad didn't, was broke. How his dad couldn't buy him anything. How his dad couldn't take care of him. 
how he didn't have a house to live in. But you know what that kid did? He responded. He knew who his dad was. And he knew that his dad drove a GTR. And he knew that all those other things that that kid was saying had to be false because of who his daddy was. And guess what? All of those voices that are being spoken over you, that are in your head, we get to do the same thing. We get to say, you know what? To all those voices, my daddy created the universe. And we get to drop the mic and walk away. That's who our daddy is. Do you know who your daddy is this morning? Do you know that your daddy created the universe? And he has sent his spirit to advocate a better way. Now, I have one more story, again, about my father. I love my father, okay? This is not throwing my dad under the bus this morning, kind of morning. But my dad has just bad taste in food, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> a couple months ago, they were back in town again. We were going to go out for breakfast, okay? Guess where we wanted to go? Daddy's. Yeah, it was. It was. It was Perkins. <laughs> Anyways, he wanted to go to this chain place. He wanted to go to this chain place for breakfast. And my wife, Rebecca, she began to advocate for a better place, for a local place. And on paper, objectively, you know, this local place was better. And, um, and so we ended up going to the local place. Now, again, my dad, guess what he had done? He had envisioned his order at the chain place. He really wanted that order that morning for breakfast. And so guess what happened at the local place? It was not the transformative experience that we had at the barbecue place. You know, he kind of ate his food frustrated, disappointed. But it was the better place. It was the better way. And the reason why I tell you that story is that many of us are still like my dad. The Holy Spirit will advocate to us a better way. He will lead us to it for our benefit and our joy. I mean, the food there was amazing. My dad should have been filled with joy and gratitude that we had picked this better place. And the Holy Spirit does this too. The Holy Spirit will lead us to a better place that is for our benefit and for our joy. But guess what? We want to eat at the fast food place. We want the chain restaurant. Sometimes we don't want the better way. Sometimes we want to go back to just what we know. And so if this is us this morning, this is you who just, you hear the Holy Spirit advocating to you, and you hear his voice loud, and you're like, nah, man. I just, I just want to sit here where it's comfortable, where it's safe, and where it's profitable. I want us to confess that this morning. If that's you, and you're just like, I don't even want to move, I just encourage you to confess that to somebody and just say, hey, you know what? Like, I'm, this is where I'm at. I want the chain food place. I know the Holy Spirit has this other place for me that's for my benefit and for my joy and yada, yada, but like, man, this chain, this chain place is really good. It's really good. You wouldn't believe the specials at the chain place. <laughs> you know? But the Holy Spirit, man, he, does, he wants you to know of the better way. And trust me, the better way is always for your greatest benefit and joy. And it's always for his glory. It's always for the glory of the Father. And so if that's you this morning, I, I implore you to go talk to somebody and to confess somebody. We're going to have people in the back here. 
that are going to be ready to minister to us because we believe that part of this series and part of coming to church isn't just to come and listen to good music and this, listen to a halfway decent speaker, but it's to come and hear from the Holy Spirit and to be healed, to experience rest, to experience awe and worship of who our God is and to go and be healed. And so we're going to have a space where we can go and be ministered to. Maybe you've been living in a spirit of slavery and fear. Maybe it's been incredibly real to you this week, the slavery of fear. <coughs> and, and you need to go and confess that to somebody. You need somebody to pray over you, to advocate for you on your behalf. The truth that the Holy Spirit is also advocating for you, that you can be set free, that there is a better way for you to live. I encourage you to go and receive prayer. Maybe you're here this morning and there are so many voices in your head. You were just overwhelmed. You were just paralyzed in your seat. You don't know where you're going to go in the snow later, hopefully not in the ditch. But man, that feels like where you are. You feel like you're in the ditch. I encourage you to go receive prayer. Allow words of truth to be spoken over your life. Allow someone to advocate for you where you can't advocate for yourself because that's what we do as a body. That's what the Holy Spirit is constantly doing for us. We are called to do this Christianity thing in community. Yes, we have a direct connection to God through Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit. But man, as I read the scriptures, we are not called to go rogue on this thing. We are not called to be the one-man band. We're called to come together and encourage one another in all truth, to testify together the truth that is found in the Holy Spirit and in, our, <laughs> and in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I encourage you to go and be ministered to this morning. Go and be ministered to this morning, because this morning there's freedom. This morning there's freedom from all of those voices. There's freedom from sin and death. There's freedom from the chain restaurant way of living and there's a better way to live because the one who is living in you the advocate he is greater than he who's in the world and all those other voices and so let's peel back those voices and let's hear the spirit of truth transform our lives for the glory of the father would you guys pray with me this morning dear lord god we thank you for this day we thank you for your son. Thank you for his life, his death, his resurrection, and how through that he was able to come and give us the helper, to give us your spirit, to come live with inside of us. And so, God, may we stop quenching. May we stop blocking. May we stop closing the door to what you want to do in our lives. God, may you come and mute all of the voices that are in our head that lie to us. God, we surrender to you that we are helpless and in desperate need of a helper. So God, would you transform our spirit so that we might testify with your spirit that we are adopted sons and daughters with you this morning. May we go from this place in confidence that you are greater. 
than he that is in the world. In your name we pray. And we give all the glory. Amen.